Welcome back, moviegoers. This is Movie Talks, where we discuss the latest films, blockbusters, and some of, maybe some of our interests that we have in our films and how we want to analyze it. Uh, today we have an interesting show because uh, we want to discuss what, like most of the time when you talk about movies, you know, some movies are meant to scare us, some is to, some is to make us feel good, some is just to make us do dumb action. But some movies just inspire us whether it is to start a new journey, whether it is just to maybe look at the world a different way. So today we're going we're gonna to have, we have a couple movies that um, some of us, you know, we, that we want to share with you. And um, first, let's, uh, uh, well, let's just first introduce ourselves again. This is Daniel. This is Ernest. And Ern- this, and uh, this, is, this is Fernando. Fernando's on the computer. Uh, so as we go, and go um, Ernest, what is your inspired movie or something, a movie that really like took you by the, you know, by the balls, I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Inspirationally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's quite a few as, as we know, but um, from the top of my head, I would say that, um, it's so funny. This is my first choice, but Passion of the Christ. Really? Yeah. You know, see. Uh, of all the, of all the. Uh, well, there's plenty Christ more. Christ movies. You know, I haven't seen those other ones, but I think that even if I had seen those other ones, uh, the the way that Mel Gibson depicted the the whole story is was just very gritty and real, and, and in that realism, it it should you know I felt the realism of it. I'm not okay, sure, you know. So I, I was a kid when I seen that. I was like twelve twelve years old. Oh my god, that's showing my age. But I remember leaving the theater like being affected. Like I felt differently. You know, right. I was like. What? No, I say right. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt it, and I was like, "Whoa, man, that shit was wild," you know. Well, did you um, expect to actually have that type of feeling when you first started, or like what drew you first to watch it? Uh, I went with my family. They they went they went to watch it, and we all saw it in the theaters. Um, But um, no, you know, see, at that age, although I loved film, even at that age, I didn't see it the way I see it now, as opposed to. You know, now when I go in, I'm looking for something particular. Right. You know, when I was younger, I just went in because I loved watching movies. Right. But I think that's one of the very few, if not the first film, where I actually felt you know, compelled and cha- like to be a better person, to appreciate everything that was happening. And I don't know. It, I, I I always remember that movie because of that. Well, what 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 happened, or what do you know? Like a part of is there a scene, or is it the whole thing of whole? Is it the whole because the whole kid, so for our viewers who, like, of course, we all seen Passion, but basically it's the crucifixion of Christ, crucifixion of Christ, mm. and it's done in a in a way where first of all it was done in I think the language was done in Hebrew. Yes. And you know, uh, uh, what was well, actually uh, John or uh, Jim Caviezel? Jim Caviezel. He played, and it showed like the gritty, like you can see the, the people who spit on Jesus. And the the torture he had the spit the 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 thorn of nine t- the cat of nine tails I think that was the whip that he had. When I saw that scene, I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, it's 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 pretty gnarly. But now that we're we're kind of talking about it, I never truly thought about um, never truly thought about as to why I did feel the way I felt about that film. But I think it was because it, uh, I don't want to say all of us, but maybe all of us deep down want to be the best version of you know when we see a, a heroic figure on screen or just we know a person we want to strive to that you know to that person to be the best versions of ourselves so maybe not know even not knowing as a kid i think watching jesus go through all of that 
and he's still keeping his bearing. His his conviction is so strong that all this shit is happening. He he still has his faith, and and in that faith is strength, at least as I depicted it. So I think deep down, you know, my subconscious mind as a kid like wanted, like I appreciated that I wanted to maybe be that. And so to see it on screen, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get like religious. I don't I'm, or, or offend anybody, but I don't even know if that happened. I don't know how real that you know. Well, it happened. Yeah. See, I don't I don't know the like the true history or whatever is behind it. So, but just to see it depicted the way that Mel Gibson did it on screen, it was very powerful. You know, I felt that it was real. Well, what do you think of the story behind? Like, did you even know the story behind Jesus or the actual? reason why they did it or any of that stuff prior to going to the movie? Like, were you even a religious person or even knew about Christ? Uh, See, you know, when I was a kid, I was kind of forced to be a Catholic and go to Catholic school and this and that. So I think in that I was naturally against um, learning anything about it or wanting to know anything about it. So I know vaguely about it. I mean, he was a prophet teaching his own, his own, you know, doing his own teachings. And that was against law i guess uh that's about as much as i know okay well i mean that was partly true i mean partly what they i mean aren't there different variations of this no 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 okay uh basically he was uh he was he was said he was the son of god and he did his teaching which actually went against a lot of what the jewish um at the um the Jewish was uh, the, the ways they were because mm-hmm. they would t- like these um, these Going guys would take it very teachings. yeah because they would go very very detailed like either this and this and you no know, and he was preaching a uh, a way which no this is what the Bible really meant and it was also and at the end it, they you know like the one scene that really fucks me up when I watch it too is when he's getting tortured and they're like he, he's on trial and they're they're like who there's this guy who killed like. I don't know, five people. I forgot who his name is. Bar, uh, Bar, Bar, Barbosa? 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 Yeah, something like that. And they're like, do you want to release this guy who killed or Jesus? And everyone's like, and, and this is people who fucking, he helped throughout the whole years. And you can see the movies where he, it talked about his, his, his relationship with his mom and the things he did. And the people just basically like turned on him. And then from there, it went down to just the torturing and stuff like that. Well, the reason they turned on him is because he was being blasphemous. Yeah. He was he was saying that um, that he was a son of God. That he uh, so pretty much he got in trouble just for saying that he was a son of God because the the nobles and the the people in power they saw him as a threat because he started preaching about it that he was a son of God and he that was giving him power over the people. And when they started seeing that he had more power than the actual SARS or whatever you want to call them, you know, the people in power, they got threatened by it. And what? that's why they decided to set an example for him. Well, they want also they wanted to he they thought that he was going to because in the whole point of the first thing. And this is if you, I'm going to make it just short. But basically, they thought that he was going to release them from the Romans. So. From their perspective, and other people around were thinking, okay, this is guy's gonna start start an army, and he's gonna start yeah, he making gonna start anarchy, anarchy. So, in that way, that's when they kind of did all that stuff. But yeah, that's a very interesting. I didn't. That, that would be the last movie I ever thought that you would be would, would actually be into because, you know, there's just for me honor in that in keeping your comp- you know another scene that like kind of is reminiscent to the themes I'm trying to. Uh, explain here is um you've seen uh, to kill a mockingbird yes yes so the scene where he gets or atticus uh gets spat on in his face um and you know he keeps his composure because he's 
that's just, I mean, in my opinion, what a strong man, one of the strongest men do, you know? Right. So for me, there's honor in that, and that's very inspiring when I seen Passion of the Christ. Like, man. Let me ask you this. What inspired you the most by watching it? How did your life change? Uh, it just made me want to be a better, per like, a better person in that way. Like, no matter what anybody is doing to us, as long as you know your value and you have belief in that, yeah. you, you are invincible, essentially. And that's what I saw from his character in the, in the film. I like that. That's actually, I mean, you know. I mean, I mean that's, what, that's, what I wish, that's what I wish to strive for, you know, uh, as an individual. So, yeah. I mean, that's better than if you would say, like, uh, Martin Scorsese's um, Christ or even Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, that, that you know, you know yeah, that no. one kind of threw me off. I mean, maybe if they had uh, de depicted it in a much more effective way, for sure. But Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ, even Hacksaw Ridge, like, those are very inspirational films. He, oh. he knows how to capture that, for sure. Did he do ha Did he do Hacksaw Ridge? He did do Hacksaw Ridge. Yes. That was a great movie too. Is, is, is that another movie that kind of inspired you too? Oh hell yeah! Another you know is same thing. Like a lot of people would be like, ah, what a what a bitch! He doesn't want to fire a gun and this and that. But like no, you have to stay true to your your your, uh, your principles. You know what the thing and about strength in that. The thing about that is that what he did because he could have just died at any moment, but the fact that he stayed and this is a based on a true true uh, soldier. Yeah, by Desmond he, or Desmond Dawes. Yeah. Yeah, he actually went up there, healed him, but he saved so many people and without a gun. And when they made that movie, I'm thinking, how is this going to be anything but just like a miracle movie, you know? Because mm -hmm. sometimes when, we, when when there's Christian movies or kind of like B movies, it can be very corny. And preachy a little and bit. And preachy. But he, he would just know, this is how I'm going to do I'm going to save these people. These are my own people and whatever. And he... He did, and the fact that it's true—that's what I always, always found. Like, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, Unbreakable? With Bruce Willis? No, no, Unbreakable. It's um, it's the one that Angelina Jolie directed, where this guy he was in a concentration camp, and then they were trying to break him down, whatever, and he just had to, he ended up being or in the Unbroken. Olympics. Is it Unbroken? Okay. Uh, did I say it wrong? You said Unbreakable. Oh, Unbroken. Like M Night. Yeah. That's another one. Like all, there's so much movies where I always find out were, like autobiography movies, even like fucking. Uh, all of uh, Steve Jobs' movies. I haven't seen any of them, but no, but I can it, understand. It's shocking how these guys come up with uh, or do things just because they just had like a vision to do. And it just kind of shows you the capacity of, of man, of human, you know? And in that, it's like you see these people doing these incredible things, and it kind of gives you a, a sense of inspiration the fact that, man, we can all do something like that if we, you know. Oh, my God, and Teresa Palmer is in that movie. Which one movie? Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, yeah. she's, oh, I know. Is yeah. that his girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. In real life? No, no, no. no, no in no. that movie. Oh, Teresa Palmer is so cute. Yeah, the fact that that you know, not only did he uh, Desmond Dawes' character stay true to his his principles, but the way he fearlessly would go out into the field and put himself in in you know several instances of instances of danger just to help people. Right. And yeah, it's and just even heroic who, all over. And it's the same thing, like, it's people who made fun of him before didn't even believe him. Like, he was just like a, oh, he's just a nobody. And then he gets put in that situation. And then it's like. Yeah, you see him gain it. the respect of his peers. And it's just, yeah, done really well. Mel, Mel Gibson definitely can capture the, the inspirational feel. Of, I think that's one of your favorite directors then. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bold statement. He's only had three films that I, I really enjoy oh God. you he need said, more yeah, is, is you, Braveheart? You, <laughs> no i mean it's three films that he's directed uh did he direct braveheart yeah 
you know, it's I don't want to talk about Braveheart. <laughs> I, I started watching it uh, once long ago. I got 15 minutes in, wasn't digging it. What? Maybe I had to do a rewatch. I, I'm I'm older now, so man, Braveheart's one of that, that's one of my favorites that I he did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I uh, I was gonna say Apocalypto is another great one, but not so much inspirational. No. It's a good story, considering that's a different language. Yeah, for sure. And I think, oh, God, what camera did they use on using that? Because that was really before the high-definition cameras came in. Because you can see everything so clearly Dude, in that If anything, jungle. it was probably an Ari. I think so, too. Because Ari's, they're timeless, man. Hmm. But, yeah, it was, it's a, that, that's a beautiful film. Hmm. So wh- wh- who's next? You? No, no. Um, Fernando? Fernando, you have a very interesting movie. We just... I saw part of it, to believe. I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but I will finish it tonight. Was that part of your inspirational uh, movies? Oh, yeah, man, for sure. The Knight of Cup has probably been like one of my most like uh, influential movies of all time. I was wondering mm-hmm. about that. Like when uh, when I was watching it, like what makes it inf- influence you in your well, in, in your camera work? I, or? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. In your cinematography, it's in an in, in an overall setting, man. Um, I watched this movie when I was in film school, okay? So being in film school and then watching that movie is more like, wow, this is inspirational. This is the type of movie that I want to make. But one of the main things and probably the most important things about that movie is that Terrence Malick movies, they don't have a script. So whatever you saw Mm -hmm. was completely unscripted. Everything was made from the character, so watching Night of Cubs and seeing Christian Bale, so pretty, the director tells Christian Bale, Christian, this is what's going to happen. This is how you have to feel because of the situation. This situation requires you to look deep within your soul and be able to react accordingly. Yeah. That's why the majority of the movie was just about feeling. It was about being in the moment, about really feeling either the the winds either feeling the love about feeling uh the success that's why the narration came later because they shot everything first and then the the narration came afterwards and the funniest thing about everything is that terrence malick records all his audio sessions in his van (laughs) no he does like all his movies are extremely low budget Extremely low budget. Even even when he done like he done quite a few, right? Oh yeah, everything he's recording from his van, man. Like you can even tell the difference in in audio quality because you're able to see the hear the echoes from the vans. <laughs> There's no, no excuse, people. There is absolutely no excuse <laughs> now, whatsoever. Um, and uh, a lot of people work with him because he he really brings out their inner emotions to the screen. Terrence Malick is known for that. Also, he's had backlash, obviously. He's had yeah. some terrible uh, backlash saying that he is not a good director well, because he doesn't write and because he doesn't prepare. But ultimately, he's just following his instincts to make a movie. That's one thing I will say about watching uh, the portion that I did is like the way it's filmed, I like. For me, it's almost like as if I was experiencing what the characters were experiencing. The exactly. Mo- the movements that they were making, going along with them, the narration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, really well, different. I don't think a lot of people know this movie, so why don't you explain what, what is this movie about? So, um, A Knight of Cups is the journey of a man finding himself through the struggle of love and his passion for his work. 
but ultimately is about the journey of his life and how meeting people, how meeting women, how meeting people from work shapes you into the person that you are. That's, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Huh. Mm-hmm. So everything you watch from the beginning, like even the first hour, you get to know the, the character when he's starting out. And then the more he meets people, his life starts getting better and better to the point he got depressed because he had everything but nothing at the same time. But if you look at yeah. that movie, like I said, there's no script, man. It's all about the feeling of the actor, what he feels in the moment chronologically. And I thought that's one of the most impressive things that any director can do. They can talk all this shit that they want, but Terrence Malick, the director, did an excellent job bringing out the performances of an actor without a script and without preparation. And that's something I look for, like when I'm watching film. You know, some so directors that are willing to take risks and and the the heat of just trying to accomplish what they feel inside. You know, mm -hmm. rather than continuing uh, the same formula on you know, having it on loop mm -hmm. so, yeah yeah no yeah. absolutely i'm trying to find some movies that he did uh, you oh. mentioned uh, them earlier yeah. fernando um the, tree uh, of the revenant oh no, no that no. was the cinematographer the cinematographer oh he did tree of life well that's one of the main you know ingredients of this film is it has beautiful camera Imagery. work yeah and you want to know something Terrence Malick, the director told emmanuel lubensky or chiba lubensky that people may know him for it told him it's like lubensky do whatever you want. Now, uh, that was the same... That's the cinematographer, right? Yeah, the cinematographer now, that did Revenant. Revenant, uh, Birdman. Children of Men. I think Children of Men was his best work. It was. And do you want to know something? The reason Emmanuel Lubezki worked with him is because they gave him the freedom to experiment on the go. Because that movie was shot on the go pretty much. And he did an amazing job just by looking at the actor and be able to understand what he's feeling. And he brings it to life with the camera. You know, one thing I would say with his films that you can you can feel everything through his shots and without words. Mm -hmm. no, like sure. just actions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about with I'm talking more of a children of men. There's You know, the scene, the infamous scene where uh, Julia... Uh, she gets like shot in the head. That whole car scene, like you just you just a, you're just a passenger in this, and then all of a sudden something happens, and then you just get shocked. And you're like, w and you know, no one's really making a dialogue or whatever. All you just see is just actions and and emotions from people, and you're just at all at it because it's so clean and so it had a, has a certain rhythm to it that just makes it. It's like the, the power, uh, you know, you see how powerful perspective can be on ca for camera, you know, camera work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's the job of the cinematographer. The job of the cinematographer is to be able to tell the story through camera movement. Now, actually, I like Tree of Life, too. Yeah, and Terrence Malick did an amazing job. He actually just did a, well, his latest film is a, is a movie from the 1940s that of a man that gets drafted into the, to be in the Nazi army. And again, no script. Is that, is that new? <laughs> yeah. It's is that even a, out yet? It's new. It came out a couple of years ago, actually. Now, besides on just your, uh, you know, about how you make, how you are influenced or to make, sh to make shots or, is there an actual like hidden feeling you have when you're watching this and uh, watching that film? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, and th the whole point about me being inspired by this movie is because he was a filmmaker. Uh, the guy who was uh, who was the main actor in the movie 
uh, played by Christian Bale, he was in the film industry. So he was, it pretty much shows how uh, connections and people that you know can bring you to like bigger heights. The love and the passion for it can really drive you forward in life. So he gets all the recognition, he gets all the parties, he gets all the girls that shape him into who he is at the end of the day. And it's pretty much saying your life, you can take control of your life. And if you work hard, you can accomplish these things. If you like anyone you meet will make some sort of impact in your life. It's pretty much what it's telling the, the whole overall message of the movie. Yeah, so which is true. Pretty much like a biopic of any successful man who's done that, you know? Just yeah, and the, and the thing is that it was portrayed so well, man. It was so well because you can really feel the emotions of these people. Wow. Yeah. Terrence Malick is an excellent director. No, it, it, and, it, and that movie is one of the ones where I'm like, I, I, again, I have to watch twice because... At first, you have the experience, and then the second watch is more like yeah, dissection. Of how it. you like really? What is this movie about? Mm-hmm. And that's how I mean. That's how I normally watch most films, except for MCU films, because it's just stupid action. <laughs> now it's crazy that you say that about like uh, capturing the emotion on film, because like there's that scene. I don't know why this scene um, where he's talking to his brother in that loft. Like they're not even saying anything to each other, but just like they're surrounding each other. The camera shots. Um, they keep breaking off to different segments of, in the same room, but like. He's just having a uh, transition, transition. A, br- a brotherly moment. Yeah, and I'm, I, I, for some reason, I felt what Christian Bale's character felt without even him even saying anything. Mm-hmm. Just the way the brother was and the way he was living his life. And the camera work mostly is just really dreary. Was this before or after Batman he made this movie? 2015, so. Probably before. In but the I, I, don't, I don't think Christian Bale was... I mean... Batman didn't make Christian Bale. I think Christian Bale was a good actor since fucking American Psycho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you can say the mechanic is such a great is such a great work of his. Mm-hmm. Machinist, the machinist. Oh, machinist. Yeah, Mechan- the mechanic. That's Jason Statham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the machinist. machinist. Yeah, that's a. And the way. Well, what's he- the one where he did with his uh the about, about the boxing? Oh, with uh, Marky Mark. Yeah. Uh, the fighter. Oh. You know, Marky Mark doesn't like being called Marky Mark anymore. Yeah, I'm going to continue to do that. <laughs> yeah, just be, you know, when you see him over here in Vegas, be like, hey, say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> like Eminem was doing. Yeah, I was, you know, he was by his house the other day, uh, like not too long ago. Oh, we worked there, yeah. Yeah. We worked up there, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, I saw his little little, little, little cart. I was like, oh, fuck. kind of want to go next to the cart and just take a picture of the thing. Like, you know, the okay. beautiful thing about Terrence Malick movies is that a lot of people want to work with him. And even though like his movies are so low budget because he really doesn't have the money to pay uh, A-list actors. How, why is that? I mean, like, if you because have Because no one wants to invest in his movies. Yeah, but he's seen actors invest in their own movies if, if that they believe in. Yeah, exactly. And which is why a lot of A-listers want to work with him. Like fucking Brad Pitt has worked with him and, and he fucking uh, Christian Bale, they're A-list actors that they don't care about getting paid the, the big bucks as long as it's a good artistic project because that's what every actor strives for. Well, and yeah. if you look, if you keep watching the movie Night of Cups, you're going to see how many A-list actors just have like a small cameo in his movies. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. There was a bunch of them. Um, let me ask you something about this. It's not, what what is it based off of? Because I got uh, the first ten minutes into it, I started thinking, is this based off of a of a play? No, dude, this is really shot on the go. 
<laughs> no, I mean, is it just is it an original story? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing he's saying like everything was not planned. It was just like it was just all right. Idea. We're doing this. This is a concept, and y'all action. I guess with the narration, it can, it just kind of gave me the feel that you know maybe this is a play in real no, life. No, no, this is no biopic. This okay, is okay. nothing. Like all of these movies by Terrence Malick is like okay, guys, we're gonna do a movie about a guy who who develops into a rock star, but he like fucks women along the way, pretty much. And the story can take so many turns, and and you know the act. It's up to the actor to bring it to life. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Um, Kate Blanchett. Well, her. That's another A list actor that wanted to work with him, but. Um, Ah, crap. What's the name of the girl? Um, what movie? Ryan Gosling has been in, in movies with him. Natalie Portman. There we go. Natalie Portman. Uh, Michael Fassbender. They've worked with him. And they're not big budget movies, man. Yeah. Like, if anything, look, the box office, it made just $1 million. Like, for example, the movie Song to Song, which is with Natalie Portman, Brandon Fraser, uh, um, uh, Ryan Gosling, and uh, Rooney Mara. Which is the girl from the dragon tattoo. Right. So just to so you know that how much money is made from his movies is just just a million dollars. And he makes those movies with like twenty, thirty thousand dollars. You can make a movie with that much nowadays? Uh yeah. Paranormal activity was made with like fourteen thousand. Yeah, but that's with the fucking camera and like a like a handy cam and something. You need have these so I'm guessing most most of these actors must have done it for free. Or, or minimal. they're cheap. They're yeah. cheap. And the reason they do it is like, how many how many times can you see fucking Natalie Portman do shit for free? Uh, never. Never, exactly. And all these actors got paid minimal. I mean, you, you were talking about like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, I mean, well, just for him to go on trail. set, it has to be like a million dollars. Right? I mean, like... At least he, 10. Right. I mean, this guy, I mean, Christian Bale itself, I mean, do you mm. think he... I mean, he's... I'm just saying, like, Christian Bale probably has so many movie offers... Oh, and yeah. to skip all that because he goes, hey man, I got this, I got this gig to do here. Oh yeah. And they're like, how much are you getting paid for that? We'll pay double. Like, oh well, you can't really pay double because I'm not getting paid anything. Exactly. You and know? if you look, for example, the movie Tree of Life is a very artistic movie as well. That was a hard one to watch. It was, it was very hard to watch, but at the end of the day, it was artistic as hell. And Brad Pitt came out on it. I think he was, he was nominated, the main right? actor. Yeah. Sean Penn was in that movie. Jessica Chastain. And this is what we were kind of discussing last week. Well, I think it was last week. Um, a few weeks ago. When I was saying, you know, I just, it's it's kind of a disbelief that more actors do not feel this strongly about the craft to where maybe doing it almost for free out of the love and the art behind it would be something plausible. But this is a perfect film to, mm-hmm. you know, use an example. Most of the movies that Terrence Malick has made has, gr- has had amazing A-list actors. Amazing. Like even, uh, what's his name? Freaking uh, Ben Affleck was in one with Olga Kurilenko, Rachel McAdams, Javier Bardeen. That's a, he came out with a movie called To the Wonder. And then again, A-list actors, but it's all for the love of the craft, man. Terrence Malick really brings out the best performance in their careers. I'm just I'm, I'm still amazed that he even with all what you're saying right now, that this director can't get a big like a high bigger budget movie. Do you think it's because he doesn't want it? Because the lack, because he he doesn't want the studio to be involved with it, just like how uh, the studio killed Zack Snyder's vision, or is he just he just wants he doesn't he just not very good at making money or anything? Maybe maybe producers you don't see much potential in his ideas, 
and so maybe they give them a minimal minimal budget. But that's the thing. Even if you have a, even if that is so, if you can get like five, six main actors, by their by the actors alone, that would be able to make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, so money, I money's not the issue. I mean, maybe if it, if if he. Maybe it's because the studio got if the studio got involved, it wouldn't be his own vision, and then next you know he's doing something that's not his. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he Terrence Malick is more of a person who, that does it for the craft. Like I said, uh, most of his movies are always screen and cons, you know, in, in in France. So that should tell you something about how artistic and how well made these movies are to be screen and cons. I mean, Kunz is one of the biggest yeah. independent film uh, film festivals in the world, and he's always screening them. What does that mean exactly? So the Festival of Cannes was a you get an award for the Palme d'Or, which is pretty much like the Oscars for the French. Mm-hmm. Okay, is the highest award as a filmmaker that you can get for independent and artistic filmmakers. Is that okay. like hard to get in? Oh yeah. For sure, is the biggest in the world for independent uh, filmmakers. That's like the highest honor they have over there. The highest honor hmm. in the world, man, for independent filmmakers. Wow. Okay, so in order to be able to get a Palme d'Or, which is the Palm of Gold, uh, you got to be excellent with the films, man. And Terrence Malick always gets to screen. He may not win, but he always gets screened every time he makes a movie. And and all those movies that partake in, or at least as far as like runner ups and stuff, are they all of like the same or similar caliber of this type of film? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very art. art absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. Let me see if I can find something online that shows you that the type of movies that are screened and, and cons. Are they all, I mean, I'm guessing ha- they're not all blockbuster ready to make a lot oh, of Oh, no, movies. not at all. No, that's, why, that's why I asked, you know. Not at all. Are they they're all similar? Mainstream movies barely make it to to. Uh, yeah, but there's some, cons. like, the following that that couldn't have been a a big budget of movie. Which one? The following. Oh, following. The one about the, was the that a horror movie. Yeah, the horror movie. And that was in Cannes. Following sounds familiar. Even um, I mean, looks familiar. That's no, the one with that. Familiar. Yeah, that's the one that had the the thing just following people after they had sex oh, no, with somebody. Oh no, it follows. Oh, it fought. Man, I am not good with titles today. <laughs> just today, it's all right, dude. Like I'm serious. I I see I'm I, I see it like I see the poster in my face and I'm like. All I can see is follows. I'm like, oh. but no, that, that is, is that, here's the thing though. We, and we discussed this uh, quite a few times about how European and, you know, European movies and I don't know if considered. Let me put it to you this way. Back in 2019, the movie Parasite won Palm Dior. Oh, well, yeah, but that's. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, why would I know that? But yeah. That's, but you've seen that's Parasite well is an extremely low budget movie. I mean, well, I wouldn't say extreme, but it was a, an ultra low budget movie. Was that really low? Nah, it's I crazy. Think. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in Parasite that you wouldn't even think was CGI because it's just so simple. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, Tree of Life won a Palm d'Or back in 2011 by Terrence Malick. Yeah, 2011. Yep, 2011. God, how how often they have them every year? Fahrenheit 9/11. Yeah, they. It's like I told you, this is like the Oscars, Fahrenheit man. They've been doing it Fahrenheit. since the 50s. Damn. Yeah, so hold on. Let me go back Fahrenheit to like the very first 9/11. one. It was in 1939. That's when it was the inauguration of Cannes Film Festival. So what? So the, the these cons are just I don't, I don't know how. They must just be just for specifically very artsy, low budget. It is like not, I said for independent filmmakers. No, but like they won't like I don't know how Parasite did not. How did Parasite get in there though? Because it's an independent film. 
But the, who's it? Uh, yeah, but it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been because the director is so pop. Like it's he, he's one of my favorite directors right now. I think that that film is the one that kind of put him on the map. No, even Apocalypse Now was was screened at okay, Cannes Film Festival right in 1979, and it won Palme d'Or by Francis Ford Coppola. When I say that, I mean more so for Mar- maybe American uh, audiences, because um, I had never heard of him before that. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah, I, I went back. I watched. No, actually, movies. if you start watching his movie, you're like, wow, it's pretty good. Like he, he used to, like the movie The Host. I haven't seen that, but I've seen Snowpiercer. Um, Even Barton Fink won in 1991. Uh, uh, Palm uh, Palm Dior. Pulp, fi- Pulp Fiction as well. That, that movie probably could have won. That movie should have won so much awards. The Pianist, it won. Uh, so damn, you wouldn't. I wouldn't think that. Film, all these films that you're listing are independent films. What, what qualifies as an independent film? That is not backed by an actual big studio like Warner Brothers and Lionsgate. Like This is people who find investors and angel investors, you call them, uh, and they invest in the f- filmmakers and they submit them. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so th- these are not backed by millions of dollars, like, for example, Flash. Like These are actual movies that are... W- that they work fucking hard to make, man. You know, they don't have, like, the money to to be able to mess up or be able to reshoot. Mm-hmm. These movies have to be made in a certain amount of shots because otherwise, yeah. it's like, the money's gone and well, it's, not, it's not coming back. Yeah. And, you know, like how we... And, you know, we done, we've done a few... Uh, shorts and stuff like that and it's it's time wrenching you know every oh, single minute so for him to go through that with these actors who probably have all these appointments and all these you know things to to get in their schedule mm-hmm. and to get what he wanted from that and to the way he kind of visualized in his mind is is impressive that's it's why i'm saying I, I don't i don't understand why is this guy not bigger because mm-hmm. i mean imagine I mean, i'm just saying okay if you was to give him a bigger, like, I don't know, maybe like the movie I just saw, a Creator. I don't know. No, that's too big. It wouldn't <laughs> It wouldn't be the same because no. it's not the type of movies that he makes. I'm trying to think of a movie that he could, that he would, I would think he would be good in. Oh, well, the last movie that he made in 2019, man, it was so good, man. What was that? Uh, crap. It's, uh, I'll tell you right now. It's called A Hidden Life. And it's uh, it's about this, like I told you, like a guy that gets uh, drafted into the Nazi army. But everything was shot with no script, man. So he came up with the story how the actor behaves getting drafted to Germany uh, for the army without a script. And he just recorded his reactions of his wife, of him. Dude, yeah. it was it's so impressive. Any idea how they go about something like that? Do they have, like, do they have get a written plot of what this character is and then are just allowed their freedom to they know what the character entails so physically now it's Here's up to the thing, them man as, as as an actor uh, the actors are in charge of the performances okay uh, the directors are just in charge of telling the story mm-hmm. okay of where the movie's going but the actor is the one that has to bring it to life okay he's the one that has to do the research as to what a character would feel if he got drafted to the Nazi army, mm-hmm. even if you didn't believe in that movement. Yeah, but he was forced. There has to be a, a, a an outline or a structure nope. for them to follow, right? Nope. 
the only outline is you're getting drafted to the army. You're leaving everything you love behind to do something that you hate doing. Who's uh who who's in that? Who's starring in that? Who's the main? Uh, the main actors, I believe, there were some German guys. Um, uh, no one too big on this one. Huh. Uh, um, I'm gonna say you have to have someone really talent to. Oh kind of no! Say, you know what? It's uh, the main actor was August Deal. I don't know if you remember who that is. No. Uh, he is the officer in what's it called? Um, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, he's the one that gets uh, oh, I know everyone in the, shot in the, in the basement. Oh, the three, the three, the, the, the three one that catches guy? the one that catches Brandon Fraser because he said number three. Oh, he gave that yourself guy. Away. So he is the main actor in this movie, A Hidden Life. Yeah, he's. Oh. I, uh, I can, I can, I, I can see him doing that. Dude, he did such an amazing. I've job. seen, I've seen parts of that film now that you mentioned that guy. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I and, and you know what Daniel just said makes a lot of sense. It must take an extremely talented actor, even more so. It kind of explains Christian Bale and all the others mm-hmm. to have a script and not know about. I mean, they only know what the character is going through. They don't know the psyche because a lot of you know the scripts uh, they entail. Oh, this person like Bo. Bo is he has anxiety. Mm-hmm. He's fearful. But you want to know something? That's all from Joaquin Phoenix. Like the actors are in charge of finding out the emotions and growing the character according to the situations that are happening. That's their job. Right. Right. And but, I just feel like it's much harder to do so to with a character when you don't have a, a, a laid out list of what this something? character is. Do exactly. you want to know why everyone wants to work with him? Because he, Terrence Malick gives them the freedom to figure that out on their own. Yeah. Because most of these major big studios, they tell them, this is how you have to behave. Do it. Instead, Terrence Malick gives them a task for them to figure out and find out how the world works. And that just explains why they want to work with them because every, they all want that. Artist, that's why they're artists. They, mm-hmm. they want the freedom of being fully creative to their own will, you know? Especially mm-hmm. if you're like with someone who is like, I don't want to say, like an actual film general. Like Sorsese or Tarantino, like you have to do it their way or no, no way at all. Mm-hmm. David Fincher's like that too. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I not against that, but I've never, never really heard about um, a film like this to where they do have that freedom. Mm-hmm. They have complete freedom, uh, complete freedom, uh, creative freedom to be able to make the character whatever they want. And actors, they're suckers for that, man. That's why yeah. Terrence Malick keeps finding all these A-listers because he allows them to really do the very thing that wanted to turn to being actors in the first place. Right. Well, let me ask you this. With his way of doing things, does this kind of make you think that if you was to do a film, this is how you would want to make make it? Yeah. I mean, that's how I mean, I'm trying to get to it. like it's this is how it inspired you. This is like telling you like, this is how you're if you had the chance to make one film or a film that you desired, like you want to be able to do something. Look, so Malik's have had so much influence in my life that the last movie that I made was very close to his to his style oh, to okay. the point where I give everyone creative freedom, the cinematographer, the audio guy, yeah. the act, like all the actors had the creative freedom to do whatever they wanted. And you want to know something that got me an Emmy nomination for best directing. Oh, that was mm. that was a commercial. Yeah, but it was a short film. No, I know commercial. But I mean, I, I think that I'm trying to go back to what you, I remember one year projects of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
And having that influence of Terrence Malick got me nominated for an Emmy for Best Directing. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. I mean, to have an actual like a director to give you that influence to make it something like of not just his work but of your own, but with his type of um, sprinkle on it. Because if you look at my short film now, now that we talked about this, and now that you see the the genre that that inspired me to become like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna be like, holy fuck, dude, this is very similar to Terrence Malick. I mean, and that's all it is. You know, a lot of people. It, we've had so much film throughout history. People take bits and pieces and they make it their own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I was very inspired by by his acting, by his directing, and the majority of everything I should. I give people the creative freedom because I truly believe that when you give someone people the freedom to do something, it's when they bring their absolute best. Hmm. Is that how you would make all your films if you were, like, say, a director? Bro, that's how I do everything in life. Okay. I give them, they tell me, it's like, I want to do this. I give them the creative freedom to do it, and they do it with joy, man. Hmm. You know, that's kind of funny. Now that you say that, I kind of I kind of understand the way you think about when you're, just the way you think in general. Well, of course, man. Cause and I kinda, we did it with this podcast as well. Right. It's like, bro. If you want to do your podcast, do it. But just bring the best of what you got. Mm-hmm. And look at you. Like, you've been bringing A-game. You know, you've been showing up. You've been killing it here. And you want to know something? Is That's that's what I strive for. That's what I want when I work with people. Yeah. Bring their creative freedom, but be passionate about it. Yeah, yeah that is inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that movie is what drove me to straight. have that kind of passion, man. And I've seen that movie so many times, man. What other movies like that, similar to Night of Cuz, would you recommend? Because like I said, it it is a very unique style. I've never seen any film that kind of solely, I don't want to say relied, I'll just say really uh, honed in on, you know, the the way it's filmed to the storytelling. Here's the thing, there's not that many of them. If you want to see other films, just watch any movie by him. He's got like eight movies out. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before, which is kind of good because again, it's just I it's think one like of the things. closest thing for me would be Gaspar No, mm. uh, Gaspar No or um, it's Gaspar No, um, French director. Uh, no, Gaspar No. Yeah, I think he is a French director, Gaspar No, but he did Melancholia. He did oh that guy Melancholia. He did Nymphomaniac. And see, films like that, like even the Neon Demon, you know, where they're, uh, how would you say, uh, story-driven with camera work or... He's Argentinian, actually, mm-hmm. based out of Paris. But yeah, Gaspar No, he did Climax, and that's another movie that you guys should really watch. Climax? I, yes, I kind of got into it. Not what you would not what you would think, okay? Just say that. Definitely not. It's an... It's, a, it's not a porn. <laughs> I, I went to watch it and I think it was and I'm like, oh man, there's fucking there's a story behind this. What the no, hell no, no. is this? You're confusing that one with another movie called <laughs> Love. No, no, no. That's that's what I thought. That's when I turned on the film, I was like, I saw a climax and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> this is gonna be a good ass day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even like Nymphomaniac, I started watching that and I'm like, why is there why is there part one and part two? Oh man. No, but that wasn't Gaspar No. Gaspar No did not do that one. No, I'm just saying in general, you hear those two things and then you're like, I'm just saying, I heard climax and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it and it's not No one climaxed. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lars von Trier is There's the a story, one who did okay. uh who did that movie. Uh Nymphomaniac. Uh that's another one that you guys you 
check it out. Uh, the movie Melancholia was a very, it's an amazing movie too. That's the one with Kristen Dunst? Yes, and she was so sexy in that movie. <laughs> you know, I need to watch that. Like those three, I would say, are my top like independent directors. I don't know Gaspar why. No, uh, Lars von Trier and Terrence Malick. Jeez. Nice, nice. Yeah, those are my favorite like independent directors. Wow, that's so. I mean, that's again, it, it, it kind of like now with all that information that you gave us with you know your favorite mo- your inspired movie and everything, it kind of shapes i can kind of see that in you that's what i'm saying yeah and it's crazy man because because i didn't know I, that about i am films. you could say i'm a representation of a terrence malick movie right no it, totally. <laughs> it sounds weird but that movie inspired me so much that i became like terrence malick like in this way of thinking and and directing Jeez, man. Yeah. You guys, is, you're, both of you guys' movies are pretty good. Mine's is just pretty lame. Now. <laughs> I don't even want to say mine. Shit. Well, go ahead and say them. We'll tell you if they're lame or not. No, well, I'm just uh, kidding. I'm just uh, kidding. Lame. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. Well, yeah. What inspires Daniel? Okay. So, well, okay. I would tell you this. Because of like how you guys were saying of how, you know, different independence film is, is like, is just like, it brings out different actors and stuff like that. One movie that I've always go back to every now and then is the movie Chef from uh Oh, that's a from good John one. Farber. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. So this this movie basically it's about a sh- uh, chef who's like in a I want to say about maybe a three sh- uh, Michelin uh star um restaurant and he, he he's he does his thing, he wants to cook whatever he wants. He wants to cook like this pig in the beginning. And next thing you know the owner comes and says, "Uh you can't change you don't change the menu. Everyone loves the menu. Do what everyone likes." You know, because he's like, dude, I want to do something different. I'm feeling this way. Let me do what I can do. Like, I want to try something. And he's and uh, Dustin Hoffman, who's the main owner, he's like, nope, just do whatever you want. I own this. I own this restaurant. Just do it. So he does it, and people like it. But everyone else just thinking like, it's fucking boring. Everyone else, as far as who? As like, there's a, a critic who's like, dude, this this is the same shit that you've done timeless and time again just you know when are you going to do something better but the, but the customers love it what well, a customer you're no one complained but in the viewpoint it's like he basically lost his soul into his cooking or his artwork into now he's just doing it because it's just work mm, so big style he loves the right. passion for it and so now finally he gets to this little twitter battle with this one um this one guy who, who, I guess a podcast? No, who is he? Like a critic? And now he wants to do something new. So he he makes anything dish. Very, very not. You don't know if it's good or not. And again, the owner's like, nope, just apologize. Do the same thing over again. We're not doing anything new. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he goes, well, fine. You're either do it my way or leave. So he leaves. And next, you know, he just decides after that he leaves and he decided to make a food truck. And doing something that he wants to do and starts cooking food that he feels like that's him. So it's a, his journey through just finding himself into another style of cooking. And so in that concept by itself, as far as someone, you know, he it sounds like, you know, if you work at a restaurant like that, you have a at a high end restaurant, especially that you kind of have it made as far as work stability and financial stability. But to pursue your dreams because you know for the sake of your dreams in a smaller environment like that was that inspirational to you no the whole thing is that when you when you watch it you realize that he's not talking about a fucking restaurant he's talking about the film industry 
of how we're recycling the same shit over and over again. We're giving people the same crappy shit. Like, Iron Man 1, 2, 3. That was what he's going to do. He's like, hey, can I do something different? And no one wants to take a chance on something different. Hmm. So it's not up to... It's in, and when I... And I, I caught that. The first, that was the first time I caught it. And I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, we're doing... We're going through the same fucking hamster wheel over and over again doing something that just... Yeah, it's good, whatever. But do we love doing what we're doing? Is that your Are we happy? interpretation of it? That's my interpretation, and kind of like what he implied. he he was implied. Okay, okay. I mean, it's 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 obvious. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, John Favreau has like a very. Uh, that's who directed this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he has very uh, opinionated feelings. And you said, uh, who D- Dustin Hoffman is the main character? No, he's just he was a small villain at the time. But the thing, the one thing I like about this movie is that. He goes through his journey and he makes something great. He he does it and it's and everyone's supportive of it and his son's working with him, and it's a it's a good movie in which, it's like you're watching a person go through a, a change, and it's just nothing not 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 that that's that not that it's wrong that nothing bad happens, but you don't have an antagonist that's trying to stop him. It's just his journey, going from one place to another, making good food, which always is a up for me. But also, you can find that like you can see how doing your own way makes whether it fails or not, it gives you more life and energy. Yeah, you know, ultimately, I would say that it's you, you know, expressing who you are as a person through whatever art it may be. You know, in this case, food. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was that's and you know, that's one one movie that I've always gone through. Um, another one was that that I've always gone through since I was a kid. And this is what made me fucking want to become a filmmaker was uh, the Dead Poet Society. And this was with Robin Williams and it has uh, Ethan Hawke in it when he was young. Um, oh, I forgot who's who all the smaller actors. What but, was it called? Um, Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet? Dead uh, Poets dead, Society? Yeah, Dead oh. Poet Society. We're basically, Robin Williams is a teacher at this bo- uh, boarding school for, for men and he's telling these t- people like, the first thing what he does is he he opens the book and has a whole structure of what of how to make a poem and what a, what is a poem supposed to be and how you're supposed to structure it, and he goes rip that shit out, and the people are like what why 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 would we do that, and you're like dude you're not gonna learn you're not I I can tell you what's in the fucking book but I want you to be able to learn do it the way you want to and actually feel what poems and art is about because yeah, like make it your own rather than following a recipe kind of thing right I mean and that's one thing that always inspired me in movies is where People will go go outside the box and at least try, either if they fail or not, to do something that's that's not the ordinary. No, that's what that's what I had expressed before uh, in the past. That if I were ever a director or anything like that, a filmmaker, I would not want to go with these bigger production companies who are enforcing you know their ideas on me. I would need to be solo, you know, have full creative uh, freedom. Right. And you know, because it is that it is that very theme that. When you're doing it under else's, uh, under someone's control, you're not expressing truly what you want to convey. You know, mm-hmm. you were like you said, kind of doing a going through a recipe and recycling the ordinary. Well, think about like, just daily work that we've gone that people go through every day. We we everyone, whether you go to an office, a store, a warehouse, and you just go into the same routine. You pick up a box. You go to the, the register. You go to this. You go and you know you write another another word a TPS report. You know, you go through all this stuff and then it's just you end up being dead inside. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a you know unfulfilled things will make you feel that way. Right. I mean, even I can even say with um the Truman Show. You ever seen that? I haven't, sadly. That's another one where he's just going through, and then all of a sudden, like something changed, and he's like, "Holy shit, I'm a I'm in a fucking simulation, basically," mm. and he didn't even know he was. So I mean, these type of movies. I mean, there's more to Truman Show about oh, wait, with that. He did the Truman Show. Well, yeah, the he was director. the Truman Show. Oh, well, who? Uh, the same guy that did um, uh, Dead Poet Society. Oh shit! See, what the fuck? Full circle. Full circle. Dead Poet Society Kinda. was in 1989. 1989. Then he did the Truman Show in 1998. I, I need to really watch. I've been meeting. That's on my watch list as well. There's so many movies on that list. You know, that is one movie where I, you look at that. And there's two movies that I, I believe that Jim Carrey should have won. Right. Truman Show. Uh, actually, three. Um, I already know Eternal Spot. Uh, that one. On that. And um, God, what's the other one? Um. I don't want to say majestic. That was not that good. Oh my god, he's this guy has good movies with good actors too. Oh yeah, he Peter Weir, or Wire. I think but it's kind of crazy. Back in see the thing about early nineties, they had all these inspirational movies. They had even like the movie like Stand by Me, the one about the math teacher. Mm-hmm. Stand know? by Me with the math teacher. Not no, the, uh, Stand and Deliver. Stand yeah with uh, Edward James Olmos. Right. And the one thing I've always noticed with all these inspiration films is that you can, it always takes one person, like if you're watching, it always takes one person to lift a hand out and say, hey, I'll help you out. We'll, we'll get through this. And then even when the guy doesn't, it, it, he may not believe him. He may think like, shit, I'm in the fucking rut. How the hell am I going to get out of it? Sometimes it takes like a simple hand gesture to like tell someone how to just, not how to think, but to expand your horizons. Yeah, it's, you know, it kind of hits uh, kind of the core of humanity in a way, if you will, in the sense of uh, it's like we all kind of need that inspiration it, it, internally, most importantly, but it can come from an, out, an external force, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, at least that's the way I see it. But see, in the same sense of when your movie, like how to be a better person, also how to be a better, better person to the people around you, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's... Fuck, dude. They're, like all these movies, like they bring out like the best of us, and you know it may not be exactly the same thing as like what other people experience, but the inspirational movies, things that you find so beautiful, really shape you into the person that you are. And I think, like I'll reiterate, I think that is the core of it. You know, I think subconsciously we all, even if we don't know it, like I said, subconsciously, we all want to be this best version of ourselves. So when they see, we see these things happening on, especially you know, we're talking about film, it is inspiring, even if we don't know why sometimes. Like I said, I was a kid watching Passion of the Cars. I didn't know why it made me feel that way. Well, but. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's the whole point of movies. Movies were created to to create magic. Right. And that's you why know, I go and, to the movies. And, and one of the movies that I really love as well is... Um, a movie by by Martin Scorsese. Who? Oh, fudge! I forgot the name. Oh, who's the in movie. it? Yeah, uh, who's in it? Uh, it's the the kid that lives in a train station. Oh, Hugo. Hugo. Hugo yeah, yes. you both. Dude, yeah. I I love Hugo. that film. It's such a beautiful movie because in that movie they go and explain what film was used to be for. Oh my god. Okay. If you right? look at that movie, it tells you it's like, look, filmmaking. It's about creating magic, of creating the impossible. What was the okay. film in there? Bullet, uh, uh, Travel to the Moon or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's something in within those lines. Yeah. Uh, but it's by the, uh, oh, man, 
I can't believe I forgot. I have, I have to rewatch that movie uh, by the. Uh, but it's it is a beautiful film. Yeah. Not only is it for I did I don't know if I want for cinematography. I'll tell you right now. But I'm looking the, it up. Sasha Baron Cohen, his character in there. And see, that's what just you know one thing I do love about Martin Scorsese, and I can get on board with everything that he does. Like I seen an interview um, with him one time where he was saying, um, you know, film isn't film to me. Film is life. And I totally get that because, I mean. And that's why he was able to, George Melier. There we go. I tripped to the moon. So, Trip to the moon. Uh, just by that movie alone, you can tell that Martin Scorsese is heavily, heavily, heavily influenced mm-hmm. by George Melies. Because all the movies that he made were made to change life, to really inspire and spark um, the imagination, inspiration, people to create something unique. Like look at look into the stars and make your own Which way. Which is why you know Martin Scorsese is against all these like superhero movies because he's saying these are not films, they're not they're not films, they're just entertainment. There's an un- indescribable feeling that art like that provokes. Mm-hmm. Us, you know. No, exactly, and they did. Uh, Martin Scorsese did an amazing job, really telling the story, the story of George Melia, because he's one of the pioneers in film, and you know, the the whole point behind George Melia's, um, was just to show the world how amazing film can be, that even your wildest dreams can become a reality. Yeah. And, you know, that's exactly what happened to me. And I'm sure this movie, Hugo, influenced me in, in such a way where I was able to truly look at Terrence Malick's movie and be like, wow, this is life-changing. Oh, yeah. Literally, life-changing. Oh. Because when you start looking in an eye of another person and kind of feel what they feel, you kind of have, like, you can be in their shoes in a way. Mm-hmm. And then, you and the, like, in so, Hugo, it was... It was an homage to every single where it's like where film started mm-hmm. and why we're doing it. We're not doing it for fucking M- uh, 20 MCU films, which, however, I'm not complaining that they're not bad or anything. I'm just saying I do. I do miss those er- early 80s and late 1990s movies. I mean, fucking Pulp Fiction because, and, well, and Reservoir Dogs, like how they because, change. That's because those movies were made to actually for the craft, man. A lot of movies were made for the crap, but now, say from the 2000 to now, they the only thing they're doing is just making money. Yeah, there's a select few that still stick to the you know to uh, that goal of their film. Mm-hmm. But like you said, most of it is just money driven. For example, Christopher Nolan, he is all about the craft of his movies, mm-hmm. and he's really freaking good in the art and in making money. He's making both. And that's why I don't support things like Fast and the Furious. You know, I'll, I'll only go to certain people's films because I know that they're going to give me the emotion and even some profound thoughts that I probably need at that time or, you know, just mm-hmm. in life. Let me ask, ask you something. Like, so there's a couple of films I didn't, I didn't want to mention because it's just inspiration to everyone. Um, it's a wonderful life. You know, you watch that, you, you know, realize what, um, how great your life. You know, even though life is bad, it's good to be alive. But one I, I was thinking about is Rocky. Because Rocky is like the top of the top inspiration. You can do anything you want, right? But, you know, that's so generic. But I always think about that movie and Creed of how much non, like, Rocky, All his, I can even say from one to four, fucking I wanted to be a boxer and I wanted to kick the Russians' ass. <laughs> you know, I, everyone I wanted to be. Creed from one to three, I'm just like, it's a movie. 
but they have so so many themes to it that involve what we as humans individually go through in which, this in game which movie? we called life all those rocky films the it's, first it's yeah. not, not just boxing you know aimlessly it's you know the struggles of of, of life right of life, yes. like you see him like his first one he lost and then he has his wife then the second one existential uh, crisis yeah, through the he, lens of coming. boxing but i'm saying why is that that movie which is so highly uh inspiration to so many people and then you see creed and by God, some people say they're they're inspired, but I look at it. I'm like, it's there's it's missing something. Well, I think a, a a main component in is that they're basically trying to recreate that emotion, that concept that Rocky did. And once you've seen, I've already you've already seen it done flawlessly with Rocky. To recreate it, it's just like you, they have to do something very distinctively different. Look, yeah. let me put it to you this way. You want to see how a movie is really well directed and is going to make you feel things? Oh, uh, no. I don't want to cry. What? No, no, no. No, I like crying at the movie. No, no, no. It's not about that. If you really want to know that a movie is good directed, you can listen to well, you can watch a movie without listening to the audio. And if you're able to watch a movie with no audio whatsoever and it makes you feel things, that means it's really well directed. Because a good directing, a really good directed movie, you can watch it without any sound on, and it will make you feel things. But if you watch a movie and it doesn't make you feel anything, then it wasn't good directed. I don't know. I've never tried that. I don't know. That's the very first. But but then you can't count Quentin Tarantino movie because his movies is all dialogue. No, no, dude. It's like even Reservoir Dogs. No, no, no. If you watch a Tarantino movie, just by the expressions of the actors, you can see the emotions. If you, yeah. if you look at the very first part of Inglorious Bastards, where the general, uh, Landa, gets to the house of the farmer, if you watch that part without audio, you're going to be like, holy fuck. Yeah, it's terrifying. Hey, hey, that's a good point, because one time I had uh, I was I was at home, and I was watching Reservoir Dogs, and uh, we had family coming over, so I had lowered the volume to where you couldn't really hear it, but it's still playing. Mm-hmm. And the people were so invested in it. You can't hear shit, it's, but... You know the the scene where they're all uh, the end where they're all like at the shootout. Yeah, they're pointing their guns. People were invested in. Dude, the reason I bring this up is can't because, even hear it. Dude, the bring the reason I bring this up is because this is the first thing they teach you in film school, man. If you want to become a good director, you, your movies have to be able to be watched without audio or dialogue. That's and if you're able to tell the story just by watching it with no sound or any dialogue, that means that your movie is well directed are there people that try to that try to accomplish all the shots before creating a dialogue just for that purpose of course yeah of course you know and and that's one of the things that people don't understand about terrence malick because do you have to prepare that (laughs) (laughs) most directors prepare shot by shot of the movie so they can come out the way that they want but terrence malick doesn't here's the thing though if, if that's true then star wars is not a great film great directed film <laughs> so that makes me kind of sad no. go home watching <laughs> the first part of inglorious bastards no i know no I, sound no i get i i know that scene very well i, I know that's i can look i'm looking my i i see it in my head it's there it's embedded mm-hmm. it's in my skin. and you can imagine it without sound right and you're gonna be able to see how powerful the performances you know are that, that scene where his uh he tells them like where are they and you can see his face just like from, come from, like you know the dads his face goes from normal to just like start balling yeah yeah he's like fuck and he didn't even do anything like, so if you guys want to see a good movie 
well, if you want to know if it's good directed, just remove, just put the movie in mute. And if the movie is, it drives you to cry or it drives you to feel a certain type of way, that means the director did a good job. Hmm. So, picture, let's say Oppenheimer with no sound. Oh, I can do that. That's I easy. I could do it. it was it was a little hard. I mean, it was a great film. Don't get me wrong, but. I guess it's just so scientifical and. But that's if you want to analyze. Keep in mind, this is only mm-hmm. for film people, okay, people who, who who really care about the craft and and the directing, who want to learn directing. That is the way to start. Yeah. I did that, man. I watched Inglorious Bastards, which is why the reason I bring it up is because I watched Inglorious Bastards on mute, and I was reading the script at the same time. You watched the whole thing. Yeah. The huh. whole thing. And I had the script in my hand. I bought the script and I, I watched it as I was reading the script. Nice, nice. That's, well, that, that's how you know, man, that a good movie is very well directed. What do you think about Whiplash and um, Daniel's... Oh, fuck it, what, what, I haven't seen that movie, so... You haven't seen Whiplash? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. You guys got to... No. That's another one on the, on the to-do list. To La La, list. I don't know. La La Land. Huh. Oh, La La Land. That's, that was a big big movie for me too you know another movie is uh now i want to say up there's a lot there's, there's a lot of disney movies too that i didn't want to add onto this list if one if you since you're mentioning disney i will say soul is one of those movies ah uh, yeah so well zootopia done. zootopia i haven't even seen that sounds funny pretty good movie mm-hmm. oh i can't think of one right now all dogs go to heaven no there are there are definitely plenty of those films out there though there's a lot of good animation films that just can get that gets kids into seeing the whole new world oh Aladdin <laughs> anyways uh, before we go do you guys have any quotes in movies that that really got sticks in your head huh, that'd be something I have to think about yeah it's, I don't really have a quote I just have like my life or a scene that, that kind of like gets you every single time you know i was just watching alita um since you had given me your hulu yeah i was watching alita the other day and i hadn't seen it since i watched it in theaters so this is like the second watch and the part where she's like i don't stand behind the the presence of uh what is it evil, evil yeah. for some reason that line really got to me especially with like how the back she had like a little backflash of somebody of her her mentor saying it wow um, i mean i just since i can't spend all day thinking about one that one just shot up in my head one is uh well, from Deadpool Society, it's always Captain, my captain. It's like, and he just stands on the desk. You gotta watch that movie. Yeah. Dude, you know the last thought that I'm or gonna leave. There. The last thought that I'm gonna leave about this is that being passionate, man, has really driven girls out of my life. <laughs> 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 and it sounds really funny because I, I was I went on a date, and you know, and I was I'm very profound when I talk. I'm a, I'm a person that loves talking about profound topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> you want to know what the girl said to me when I took her out to dinner? Oh, God. Let's hear it. Oh, my God. That's why I was like, okay, no, can't do this. So I took her out on a date, and she said, hey, uh, can we talk on, like, not so, like, deep things? <laughs> That's exactly what she said. It's probably good that you kicked her then. Yeah. yeah. She's like, can we not talk about, like, deep things? What's, like, the, the one, like, undeep thing about you? Hey, you know. And I was like, well... Uh, I don't grow a full beard. Oh wow! <laughs> and she's like, "Oh really? Oh, do tell." It was like, "Wow." Nah, yeah, that would be that'd be a no go. That'd be no. And it's funny. No-go. This girl's like twenty nine, and she asked, "Was like, can you give me like a non deep thought?" Oh god. Like, <laughs> the age doesn't equate to maturity. That's for sure. So that's for damn sure. And and it's like. 
you know, I'm over here telling him, it's like, you know about my progress in life, you know, and the things, the type of person that I am. He's like, can we not talk into, like, deep things? Like, oh, man, God. this guy really cares about his life. That's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys going way off topic. Non-inspirational. Now. Yeah, not very. In- well, well, let's end it with that. Uh, guys, if um, tell me what's your inspiration movie. Tell me, uh, uh, leave a comment of what, movies do you look for when you need to feel a little uplift or maybe just give a comment of like some movies that you recommend us uh maybe we haven't watched but mm-hmm. um, we're always on our socials we're at movie talks uh lv on instagram we are on spotify my, my spotify and spotify you can find us uh, as movie talks lv and right there in the episode is going to have a Q&A now. Ooh. So the question is going to be, what's the uh, the movie that inspired you the most? And if we like some of your comments, we'll, we will read it on the next time we're on. Mm-hmm. And, but till then, um, good night. Uh, always see you at the movies. And till next time. This is Daniel. This is Ernest. And this is Fernando behind the computer. <laughs> hey, you know, when you come up here on on TV screen, we'll we'll put you in a nice little shot. Hard yeah, pass. We can only have. Uh, <laughs> oh, you gotta have your. You know, you're you're a good looking guy. You need yeah, to be one on handsome here. guy at a time. Yeah, I'm behind the scenes type of guy. Yeah, I know. I get, I it, know. I get it. Right. Well, we'll go from there. As always, guys. Good night, and see you at the movies. Peace Bye. Later, guys. Peace.